Jimmy Buffett there, if I'm right. I think John's trying to get us uh, thinking to maybe warmer climates or warmer days, of which today is not going to be one. Our score is Merrimack 4, Boston College 3. I'm Mike Macknick with John Leahy. This second intermission report is brought to you by the Merrimack Graduate School, where at Merrimack you can earn your master's degree in just one year. Merrimack offers graduate programs in business, science and engineering, and education and social policy. Log on to merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Five goals in that second period. Three of them scored by Merrimack. Two on the power play uh, and shots on goal in the second. 14 to 10. Warriors 21 to 18 for the game. Mike, uh, Mike McMahon joins us from the macreport.com and also the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. Well, you know, we were just talking, actually just chatting first with Merrimack President Chris Hopi and then talking there off the air, but I don't think that tonight's, tonight's game is that different uh, from a Merrimack standpoint from last night's game, other than maybe the opening 10 minutes of the game. Statistically, I'm sure it's very, very similar where the Warriors had the edge last night in shots on goal, edge in shots attempted, so if you're looking at Corsi and things like that, those numbers actually favored Merrimack, even though they didn't win the game last night. They favor them again tonight, but they are winning. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's outside of the first 10 minutes last night, the last uh, you know, 50 minutes of last night, the first 40 here tonight, you've played 90 minutes where you've probably outplayed Boston College. You've outscored Boston College. You know, since the since they scored their first, their fourth goal last night, you outscored 3-2 the rest of the way in that game, 4-3 here tonight, so you're up 7-5 in the last, you know, five or so periods of hockey that you've played against them. It's pretty good, you know, and, and they are. They're playing well. I think they're getting to the net better. I think they're protecting their, the front of their net better tonight, especially, uh, you know, outside of maybe their second goal, that first Fitzgerald goal, I think it was. We sort of blew by the D and was all alone in front. Uh, they, they did a pretty good job defending the front of their net. They're also doing a good job getting to the, the front of the BC net. I mean, that first goal was just them outworking Boston College in front of their own net. Uh, and, and then same thing on that first Matt Fogan goal. You know, Brett Cini sets him up behind the net. How does he score the goal? Fogan gives it to Cini behind the net, and then Fogan goes to the net. Uh, and then Fogan's second goal, which is a real pretty play. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've went toe to, they've gone toe to toe with the number one of the best, well, one of the best teams in the country uh, for 50, uh, 80 out of the 90 minutes they've played, or whatever, 90 out of the 100 minutes they've played so far this weekend. There's no question that top to bottom throughout the lineup, BC has more speed, but Merrimack's got a few guys that can counter in that regard, and we've seen that tonight. That's what led to the second Fogan goal. Uh, a lot of speed shown by that unit, and he converted the goal. Yeah, I thought Matt Fogan has looked uh, as good tonight as he's looked, uh, not in, tonight, this weekend. He's looked as good in these two games as he's looked all year. I thought he had a really good game last night, too. Uh, won some battles on the boards, uh, had a couple of chances. You really were starting to see his skill, and, and I think it's part of his confidence. You know, he's not only is he a is he a freshman, he's a younger freshman. I mean, he's 18 years old. He's the youngest player on either of these two teams, which is kind of surprising. You know, I looked at the rosters this week. BC typically brings in pretty young guys because they get those young first round pick type guys. Matt Fogg is the youngest guy on the ice tonight, and is the youngest guy on the ice. Uh, if he's the youngest guy on the ice when you're playing BC, you're the youngest guy on the ice in most of the games you're playing in. Uh, I think he's starting to see some confidence. And, and you can see some flashes of that skill. You saw it last night a couple times. We had the puck enter in the zone. You really started that second goal. That second goal is a pretty goal. You got two power play goals here, and, and both of them really, I think, a lot to do with the fact that you've got Sini and Fogut combined on that unit there. 
I mean, you, two guys, two skilled guys with speed who can make some nice plays. You mentioned the Cini play on Fogut's first goal. Real nifty play, I think, where he's got everybody on BC looking on that side of the ice, and all of a sudden he reverses it back to Fogut for the goal. That's the kind of thing that, that you're looking to see if you're a Merrimack fan. And, and that's some of the stuff that was lacking earlier this year. On the power play and at even strength. You know, they, there seemed to be a lot of creativity. They're creating a lot more. And, 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 you know, I think part of it's confidence. When you're losing 10 games in a row, when you're in the middle of that, nobody's confident. And, and I know the, the saying is grip with a six too tight, but I mean, that, that happens. you got guys that try to do too much. I think Cini knows he's one of the better players on this team and was trying to do too much because as a leader, as, as you know you're one of, your, one of this team's better players, you're trying to pull him out of it. Uh, now that I think you're, you're seeing seeing them win some games here, and not even in the games where they haven't won. They didn't win last night, but they played well. You're starting to see some guys get some confidence and starting to know that, that they're going in the right direction. He, he's still going to be the straw that stirs the drink in many ways. You know, I mean, he's still going to be the guy who's going to be looking to find the right guy to set up for a possible goal. But what we're seeing here is, you know, guys like like Fogut, guys like Hampus Gustafson, been converting those opportunities and scoring those goals. Yeah, and Brian Christie too is. Uh, you know, he had one of the goals last week against UConn. He had one here tonight as well. Uh, they seem to be able to, to feed off of each other. I mean, that 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 Cini line tonight with with Hampus in the middle uh, and Ludwig Larson. There, there's a lot of skill there, uh, and, and I think you know it, that should spark Hampus a little bit too because it, it you know I'm sure that Cini can find him. Uh, I mean, you know he can find him. I mean, he's, he's probably one of the best playmakers of the team. And uh, I know you know Mark Denny, he's talked about it at times this year too. They've been trying to find somebody for Hampus to play with, trying to find a line that works with him. Right. They may have it here because you know that Christie line's been working pretty well all year, and uh, you know the Babcock line now with, with LeBlanc. Uh, they're them being paired up together again looks really really good. And, yeah. Uh, you know, they might not be scoring five goals like they were in the Arizona State game, but BC's not Arizona State, and still I think the way that they work to get the puck to the net, Petty in particular, has been pretty impressive. Absolutely, and they're they're just they're making smart plays. I mean, even Chris LeBlanc, I said to someone earlier tonight, uh, these last few games, and I think tonight too, just looks like a different player. You know, and the results might not be there yet in terms of the score sheet. You know, LeBlanc has gotten in the score sheet a little more recently here than at the beginning of the year, but uh, just it, it passes the eye test. You know, they, they look like those types of guys, a Chris LeBlanc, a Matt Pogan, they, they look like they're taking steps. They look like they're improving. It looks like something has clicked here over the last two or three weeks. You know what else I'm seeing this weekend is that shots that, you know, earlier or you know, maybe before, let's say before the Arizona State game, weren't getting through. You know, a lot of shots that they were having blocked, you know, shooting the pucks into pads and things like that. Those those shots, those pucks are getting through this weekend. They were against UConn. They are this weekend against BC as well. And, and they've been doing it tonight without Alex Carl, who's been one of their better guys at getting pucks through from the point. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. He got hurt in the first period in a play. that There wasn't a penalty call. He got hit up high by Alex Tuck along the boards. I think it looked like the Merrimack bench wanted a call. They didn't get one. Uh, um, he came off, the training staff went out to attend him, and he did come off, but didn't see him since then. My guess, you know, the way it looked, his upper body, but, uh, uh, you know, we haven't seen him since then. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, you know, it did look like it was it was upper body. I mean, just the, given the hit, it was along the boards, it was up high, like you said. Uh, it, you know, it could be shoulder, ribs, who knows? There's a million things up there, but uh, I, I think it's definitely upper body. I mean, because also he skated off without any help, and, you know, a little hunched over because he's in some pain, but I uh, was able to get off on his own. Uh, he's He's been a big part of what I think they've been able to do, so if, if he misses some time here, we haven't seen him back, so 
if he misses some time here, it's going to be a void that they're going to have to fill. And uh, whether that's a guy like Ethan Spaxman who's out of the lineup tonight, who I'm sure would be in the lineup, uh, you say next Friday if Alex Carl's unavailable, you're, you're going to need some guys on, on defense just to uh, to fill that void, not only defensively, but like you know, Alex Carl's been one of their better defensemen in terms of getting pucks through and getting pucks in the net from the point. And that's something to keep an eye on. I think in the third period too, they've had to go with five D's now since early early in the game. And Wizemirski, who normally yeah. would, was playing forward and would be able to move back. Couldn't do that tonight because he actually dressed as a D. Yeah, so, so basically, I mean, you could almost say you're playing with four D because Wisniewski is, is has a ton of experience as a defenseman, but has been a forward yeah. for a, a long period of time here. He's given him some pretty good minutes tonight, though, and battling with Sanford there at the end. You can see, you know, Sanford. I, that's another thing I thought key to this weekend, perhaps for Merrimack. Uh, Mike has been that early in the game last night. BC could do what they wanted to do around the Merrimack net. Guys like Sanford with the big body were able to get there. You can see the opening faceoff tonight. Sanford Sanford and Christie battled. Christie wasn't going to give an inch. Sanford certainly wasn't going to give an inch. Sanford hasn't been able to get to the net like he was last night. And uh, in the play at the very end of the second period with Titcomb battled with him, I think, you know, there's a real battle going on there. Yeah, absolutely. And they've got, BC's got other guys like that too. Miles Woods, another one who's playing tonight, didn't play last night. Uh, and Wismierski, he's also fast enough to be able to keep up with some of those guys when they turn on the Jets a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, because usually those bigger defensemen, they're, they're just not mobile enough. You know, Zach Sanford's a bigger guy, but he's a forward. He can move. And a lot of times the bigger D, if, if he goes into a second gear, the, the bigger D just can't keep up with him. Wismierski, for a, a guy who's 6'4", 225, he can move, and he's athletic, and he can stay with those guys. So uh, I, I think he's had another good weekend here and, and is showing some versatility. The thing that I didn't know uh, until last weekend when Mark Denny said it to us uh, post-game, I didn't realize that, that he could have graduated last year. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that, that he was, you know, with the transfer year in there, transfer from Providence, that usually is the case, and it just dawned on me, and he said, you know, he he wanted to come back. He wanted to be a part of it. So I think that it's not only is he able to contribute and has been contributing all year, but uh, I think that shows something the rest of your locker room too, and you're the guy that just wants to be here. All right. Well, this ends a string of 17 games other than Arizona State, where Merrimack trailed at the end of two. If you took that game out of the mix, it's been 17 games going back to just before Thanksgiving. So the Warriors finally have a lead at the end of two. Mike, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, you got the coaches' show coming up Tuesday, right? The uh, coaches' show with Mark Denny. So folks, keep an eye on the macreport.com as well as VIP and everything else there. Uh, the Eagle Tribune and Call Talking News as well. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks, Mike. All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here. The score after two, Merrimack four, BC three. Back with more after this. This is Warrior Hockey.